Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. In this episode of Tech Intersect, I speak with the Library of the Future software veteran, Tony Zanders, who is also founder and CEO of SkillType. Now, SkillType is both a company and a product that Tony created to assist individuals in increasing their industry-relevant skills and credentials and to help libraries and information professionals with job skill analysis and development. The ultimate goal is to, quote-unquote, future-proof the information industry, and to remove the unnecessary dividing line between education, upskilling, and work. Skill type is reimagining professional development, and it's not a moment too soon in the midst of this pandemic. Tony has also joined the Boston University Libraries team as its very first entrepreneur in residence. So congratulations, Tony. Okay, now time to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Today, I have the great pleasure to chat with Tony Zanders, founder of SkillType, a company and product that Tony created to assist libraries and information professionals with job skill analysis and development. And the goal is future-proofing the industry for the future of education and work. And it's one of my favorite topics, the future of work, to be sure. And as an educator, anything education related is near and dear in my heart. We met on the Twitters, uh, so we know that it can be used for good for such a time as this. And it's wonderful, Tony, to connect with you and talk about your leading edge work. So, Tony, welcome. Thank you so much, Tanya. Great to be here. Absolutely. So let's begin with a brief overview of your origin story. How did you get into the library and information professional realm to begin with? It's actually funny because 2009, we had the economic downturn and I was working in Silicon Valley and Mountain View, California specifically. And I was terminated from an inside sales job and was forced to figure out what I was going to do next you bring that full circle, um, what I sort of used to get out of that rut I was in was developing new skills uh, and mm-hmm. taking on new projects that weren't a part of me being paid to do them from my place of work, uh, but just trying to help out people through back then using tools like WordPress and building websites, taught myself HTML and Photoshop and these different tools using videos online. Uh, and I was able to start getting a few customers to build websites for them and do marketing for them in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, I wound up doing that for a, a tech company based in San Francisco. And uh, I did such a good job in their words that they wound up offering me a full-time job. Um, mm. And uh, that was working in Berkeley, California, helping colleges increase their admissions yield using Facebook groups. 
Hmm. And so that was my entree into higher education through the software arena. The president from that company left and joined a company in the library technology space. He and I had such a good you know, working relationship that he recruited me to move to Boston um, and join the library technology industry. And so to come full circle today, to be developing software for libraries to improve their skills, uh, sort of full circle, because the way I got into the industry was through going through a similar downturn as we are today, through mm-hmm. teaching myself new skills. There's so much there. There's so many wonderful parts of of turning something that at one time was a challenge into an opportunity and also how that early opportunity seeded uh, what has now come to fruition for you and and is really important for people to hear as people, particularly in this year of the pandemic and social unrest, to have to pivot or reskill, upskill, become an entrepreneur within an organization or an entrepreneur if you're forced outside of. uh, And so using all of those existing skills, you don't throw it out. You don't throw out your education. You don't throw out your expertise, but you find a way to reimagine it so that it remains relevant. And so your story is such a powerful one to, to demonstrate that. And it leads me to a question about how this year in particular has impacted the build of what we'll talk in a moment, skill type, but how has the pandemic impacted you professionally? Have you had to pivot again or are you ready, willing and able? You just didn't know that a pandemic was coming. Sure. Personally speaking, uh, I was prepared for this. Uh, you know, I graduated from college in 2007. And so my mm-hmm. intro- my introduction to the work world was into that downturn a couple years later the skills that I developed then and the mindset of how to always be prepared for such a downturn. I've kind of lived with that for the past decade. Um, right. I've always had other sort of passions and interests. My wife would say that I've worked, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, every week for the past 10 years, not just working, but also learning new things. Um, I had to upgrade my skills most recently Photoshop is not a tool that people use anymore. Now they're using tools right. like like Figma and Sketch. And so I, I've been prepared for what's going on right now. And I don't think that I was aware a pandemic was coming. I don't think anyone was, uh, that I know right. at least. Um, but I was able to go into a zone and a mode uh, that I was used to. Um, mm-hmm. From a business perspective and work, I've been working on skill type for two years now. And I didn't, again, know that COVID was coming, but... I was aware and believed uh, with conviction that in, as we approach moving towards 2030, that we would have to radically change the way we think around how we learn and how we work. Um, and so the, the platform that we released most recently uh, has been about two years in the making. And mm-hmm. the way that the pandemic has impacted skill type is our customers, which are, which are academic libraries, they asked us to wrap up a research and development period that we were in with them and just launch what we had because with their working from home overnight and now being rushed to return back to campus, the workforce that is being managed in these uh, libraries on, on university campuses, they were required to go through a, a drastic transition over overnight. And so right. the tool, the tools we developed um, over the past two years uh, in partnership with these libraries, 
they requested for this to, to, to come to market so that they can start being used immediately due to, due to COVID. That's uh, important to know that everything doesn't have to be perfect. I'm in a, a, a course mm-hmm. myself right now. First of all, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I, I've learned that the hard way. I get a lot of awesome things done, but at a certain point, perfect is the enemy of good. And when you think from the software side of minimal viable concept and and also it doesn't even necessarily have to be minimal. When I think of some of the industries within education as being so far behind, we have known for, for decades about the changes that needed to happen. And you mentioned a really important milestone of 2030 of how drastically things even are, are changing in 2020. Even absent the pandemic, the pandemic has accelerated the conversations that you've been involved in for so long and the work that you've been involved in. Uh, And I also hear lifelong learner in your story, too, about constantly reevaluating, retooling, reskilling in order to be ready. And my family said, you know, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And so you're always in a constant state of, of preparation because you have to be ready when you get that call that says we're in a pandemic. We don't know what to do. We hear you're doing something amazing. Please teach us your ways. Is that have I summarized it perfectly? Yeah, to 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 an extent. That's right. Yes. So that leads me to even how you think about because you use this this language as well, the future of education and the future of work and how your point of view about the future of education and work informs the build of skill type. It's a theory of change, I would describe it, that I've developed around this relationship between work and learning and education and work. Um, the best way to describe it is that we're one person. Um, we're, we're, we're one person. Uh, we have one work week. Um, mm-hmm. We have one calendar. And because we're one person with one work week and one calendar, we've come into challenges with having education or our learning and our education happen on one side and being forced to choose between that and when we actually are doing work. And so society has set up this dichotomy between learning and work as if it's two different activities. But since it's one person that's doing both, it presents a tension and a struggle. Uh, and so in the, in the workplace, oftentimes we, we, we're told we're, we're paid to do work. We're not paid to learn. And Mm -hmm. if you're learning, if you're going to invest in your own skills, you need to do that on your own time, right? So it forces Mm -hmm. this decision that I think is an arbitrary decision. Because again, we're one person with one calendar, with one set of interests. Now, organizations, because of the pandemic, are being forced to question that. You know, I work Mm -hmm. in higher, I work in higher education, and most of our uh, market are either under hiring freezes right now or some form of austerity measures. And so as a result, you're not able to hire as freely and recruit as freely as you would under normal uh, market conditions. And so now organizations are forced to resort to learning and mm-hmm. investing in the, the professional development and learning on behalf of their, their staff members on the clock, right? And so right. the pandemic has forced organizations to remove this arbitrary barrier between learning and work. And mm-hmm. now in order to acquire the skills and expertise in your organization, you, since you can't hire, you have to resort to reskilling, upskilling, learning, and development. And so the pandemic has sort of facilitated a, a, a philosophy of mine that 
since we're one person with one calendar, whether I'm spending an hour learning a new skill or an hour putting that skill to use, it's all in the service of becoming a better worker in my organization. And it's all, right. it's all in the service of me coming, becoming a, a master of my particular craft. And so when I look towards the future in 2030, I envision a, a, a world where we're not forced to choose between learning and work, that the organizations we serve understand that if we are learning, it is in their benefit. And as individuals, we understand that if we are working and putting those skills to use, we're actually learning more as we do that. And so the, this relationship between learning and work, I believe, will, will start to uh, coalesce, partly due to the pandemic, but also because it's acknowledging the, the natural relationship we have to these two activities. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Tech Intersect. Our conversation will continue in a moment, but first, a word on an exciting opportunity. There's a more cost-effective and time-efficient way to reach your leading-edge learning and earning goals to put you ahead of the stiff competition in this fast-paced, tech-driven economy. You need skills, credentials, and a fast track to a competitive advantage. You need it now more than ever, and I can help. Invest in the future you've always wanted, and in as little as three weeks, you'll be on your way to greater autonomy, control, and opportunity in your life. The Advantage Evans method puts you ahead of the curve with condensed, comprehensive online courses, curated content to leverage your current skills and expertise in order to succeed in the new economy, live coaching with me, networking opportunities, and a digital badge on completion. Upcoming courses include From Cash to Crypto, Buying Your First Bitcoin, and Register Right, Protecting Your IP, Brand, and Business. Ready for your advantage? Well, get on the fast track to learn and earn at AdvantageEvans.com. And now, back to the conversation. There are so many heads or leads of corporations and entities who agree with you, some of the best in the world, when I think of the changes even in credentials and IBM and Google and EY, Walmart, Home Depot, so many of these corporations have now made a bachelor's degree, an undergraduate degree optional. Nice to have, but not necessary. We're going to invest in you with our own skills-based education within the organization. It's more about skills and credentials, credentials related, I should say, to specific skills. When I think of no longer blue collar or white collar, but what an IBM lead described as the new collar, right? The new collar job for the skilled professional. And so what you're speaking to is really, really important. Where actually, it feels like 
it's so old, it's new. When you think of the apprenticeship style approach to work that did not have that clear divide, um, it'd be interesting to know, and I'm sure that you've done the research of when that started to change. I came, I, I graduated law school in 1998. That was a time when law firms were still investing in, you know, a, a very robust summer associate program. There was a lot of partying and entertaining, but also a lot of on-the-job training. I know that in the early 20s, uh, excuse me, the early 2000s, I think clients were no longer willing to pay for junior associates to learn on their dime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also with the influx of the embarrassment of riches of information, access to information, just enough for everybody to be dangerous because we had, you know, the proliferation of, of Web 2.0 and the information age and all of that. I'm wondering if that is what began to have the impact of the average person or the average business saying, I have access to this basic information. I'm not going to pay you to give it to me. I want you to do something specific and more. Do you have any thoughts about that? Sure. And so I I'm not a student of the history of it as much as the experience that I went through going to Silicon Valley right after college and seeing the evolution of social media and seeing the evolution of how we consume information. We're not no longer consuming information in, you know, six week uh, increments. We're consuming right. we're consuming it in, you know, six hour increments if you look at the way we binge Netflix series, right? right? And so this evolution of how media consumption and the tools we use to, to entertain ourselves are, in my opinion, going to flow into how we educate ourselves. Um, and so we, we can look, because again, the, we're one person with sort of one set of behaviors. Um, right. How we spend time and consume things outside of work eventually will impact the way we consume them on work. Uh, and it already has begun. And so I credit more of the creation of modern information platforms and, and modern media platforms yes. and, the impact that, and the impact that that's had uh, over the past decade. The consumption patterns have changed. No, that makes absolute sense. That makes absolute sense. This is great for so many reasons because I'm also thinking about the challenges and the pain points that you've mentioned that you sought to improve with with skill type and how has skill type been received thus far? So far, so good. Um, it's an opportune time uh, to, to, right. to, to provide new tools and infrastructure for this. But I also don't take the opportunity uh, lightly that it's a very sensitive time. Uh, many of us are in very precarious situations. And so to present a, a new tool or a new piece of software that does cost money for institutions, but it's free for individuals, you have to balance that out uh, because people are under budget cuts. There are austerity measures in place, and you don't want to come across as being tone deaf or insensitive to the fact that people are going through a very trying time. And new technology is not the first thing on people's minds. And, and so it's, 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 it's been well-received thus far. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, but our team has to balance out the humanity of it all uh, and, and just kind of listening and being empathetic to, to where people and organizations are and how quickly they choose to embrace a, a new way of doing things. Tell us or explain to us what the platform actually consists of. I've 
went on and I was kicking the tires a bit, but go ahead and explain for our listeners what the platform actually offers. Sure. If you're an individual, it's a free platform to build a profile of your skills and interests and learning preferences. And based on that, we curate a personalized feed of professional development resources and opportunities. And the more you use the platform, the more customized it uh, works for you. The whole goal for individuals is to take that work out of learning. Mm. On On the organizational side of the marketplace, an organization can connect with its employees and people who want to work for them one day, so prospects. They are able to see all of the data that people choose to share with them around their skills and their interests so that as they're making talent management related decisions at the organizational level, they can see who's interested in learning what skills, who's interested in taking on different responsibilities so that they can make more informed choices under such austerity measures in the season that we're in. So it's a tool for organizations, but also a tool for for individuals. So on one hand, you are taking the work out of learning for individuals and you're putting the learning into work for professionals. I'll give you that one for free. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Adding that to my my Twitter bio. There you go. I adore it. I adore it. As long as you let me uh, do your trademark work, as long as you... You're going on record now. You call me. That's right. Trademark on the okay. record. <laughs> Perfect. Tony, it's been a real pleasure. I'm actually excited to hop on to the platform myself. I believe very strongly in online platforms that support reskilling and credentialing. I uh, formed my own academy, the Advantage Evans Academy, to deliver short courses on topics like the future of money. So I have one around cryptocurrency, onboarding, new entrants into the space, mostly uh, women and people of color and uh, those in underestimated communities that have traditionally been locked out of the Mm. tech and finance spaces. And I'm always looking for ways to add value to, you know, as an add-on experience, I will definitely be sharing information about skill type on all of my platforms. And, and I look forward to being a subscriber and a participant and, and to continuing our conversation. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been great to learn about what you just shared. Um, and it's a conversation I hope many more of us are having for ourselves. Absolutely. Before we leave, please let people know how they can get in contact with you and learn more about you and skill type. Great. You can visit us at skilltype.com. Uh, to sign up for the platform. Um, You can also find me on Twitter. My handle is Xanders, Z like zebra, A-N-D-E-R-S. Thanks so much to Tony for sharing his insight on the future of education and work, particularly in this march toward 2030. We really need visionaries like Tony Zanders to reimagine how we engage in professional development, access to information in this fourth industrial revolution, and ensure our existing education, experience, and expertise can remain relevant, not just for the jobs of today, but for the careers of the future, as I always like to say. Access to information and the ability to upskill and to reskill virtually is critically important. The pandemic has definitely shined a light on this reality. So employers are now actually returning to training their workforce. 
And Tony has positioned SkillType to leverage that need in order to empower the information professionals industry on both sides of the education versus work divide. SkillType is in beta right now, so definitely catch this amazing project on the way up. And also drop a comment and let me know what you think about this episode and the future of work. And that's all for now. Until next time, continue to shine. Stay in touch with host Tanya Evans via your favorite social media on Twitter at at Tech Intersect and on Instagram via the handle Tech Intersect. This podcast has been produced by Stephanie Renee for Soul Sanctuary Incorporated.